Welcome back to the Uptipo Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Cameron. Along with me this week, we have Caleb Knight once again. Caleb, how you doing? Doing good. I'm ready to get into the playoffs, man. I'm excited. Yeah, man. End of season was pretty good. Uh, a lot of seeding games played out at the end. It was, I want to say the Hawks and the Knicks was the big factor in the East going yeah. on the stretch. Lots to be played for there. Hawks and Knicks both won out most of their games. Uh, I know there's a lot of seeding with you know Miami being right in there, the Celtics in the Heat played twice. Miami won both of those to push Celtics into the play-in tournament. The Knicks, though, they were hoping on the Heat to lose a game. Jimmy Butler was out Saturday night against the Bucks. Ended up costing them a play. Uh, well, I guess the four-five seed matchup. They fall to the sixth seed. They'll play the Bucks in the first round now, and it'll be the Knicks and the Hawks in the first round. Two new teams in the playoffs. Pretty interesting. And what's crazy is one of those teams will advance to the second round. Yeah, if you would have told me like at the start of the season that the Knicks or the Hawks would have been in like the the semifinals, I'd have been like, "There's no way." Yeah, ab- maybe in two K, well, but okay. not in real life. I'll say this: the Hawks at at the beginning of the season with the roster they had, yes. Yeah. But after like the first two months with Lloyd Pierce as a coach, and they were like fourteen and twenty at one point, I was like, "Nah, man, it's just it's another year of you know mediocrity and just." Being, you know, right at the bottom or, like, right so close to getting in the ninth seed, the tenth seed. It was like a nursery season of that. But, you know, they fire Wood Pierce. Nate Millen comes in, takes over, does a great job. And along with the Knicks, you know, you got Tom Thibodeau stepping up. Julius Randle, MVP, controversy, we candidate, whatever you want to say. He's in the conversation. He's right up there as a, one of the best players in the NBA right now. Very clutch this season. Has taken over almost, I want to say, got triple double every game. But he's averaging, like... I think 24, 11, and about six yeah, every game. Yeah. He's been a bucket, and he's been a big part of their success this year, along with their defense. They closed the season out with three straight wins over the Spurs, Hornets, and Celtics to get the fourth seed, uh, their highest seed in their first playoffs appearance since 2000, I think 13 or 12. So what what do the Knicks have to do to succeed in the playoffs this year? They need to be playing the same ball that they've played like I guess the past two months where they've been hot, they're just clamps on defense. They yeah. are an outstanding defensive team. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta's a good offensive team, but they are kind of hot and cold. You know, some games are worse than others. I think if the Knicks, you know, I'm not saying don't make any changes because, of course, you've got to account for Trey Young, Clint Capella. But if the Knicks can play the style of Nick basketball that we've grown accustomed to the past couple of months, I think that, you know, that series looks pretty good in their favor. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting series. I, I think the Hawks have what it takes to move on just because of depth purposes. But it's going to come down to if New York can get stops on defense and make their three-point shots and get Julius Randle going down low, it's going to be an interesting series. I could, I could see you going seven games, honestly. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. I think, uh, I mean, I want to say that home court's going to play a big difference because it always will play some difference. But, you know, you've still got COVID capacity limits. Not to say the the garden's not going to be loud or anything, but um, I'm just really excited to see it. I think what Tibbs has done in New York is just outstanding. I it's kind of the same what he did in Chicago. Yeah, it really is. And just, I love it. I love that he's got Rose back. Uh, you know, it's funny, I was reading a thing today. You know, when Rose got traded from the Pistons, he's like, take me to a team that has a shot at the playoffs. Yeah. And Dwayne Casey was like, well... New York, that's it's not going to happen there. And here we are. I mean, I love it. And Tom's been a good coach over the years. You know, he took the, the Bulls back to the playoffs after that drought. Um, took the Timberwolves to the playoffs in yeah. 2016 with uh, Cat, Wiggins, and Jimmy Butler. And then now he's bringing the Knicks back to 
where they belong back in the postseason. And we'll see how it plays out with the Knicks and uh, the Hawks. The whole East, it's, it's up for grabs this year. So is the West, though. West is probably going to be as entertaining as ever in the playoffs. You have the Lakers, the defending champions, in the play-in tournament. And I want to ask you, if, I don't know if you noticed this, but the Clippers were at the sixth spot at the end of the season, and they rested their bench were like lost on purpose. Yeah. They lost two straight games to follow the four seed. Do you think they were avoiding the Lakers in the first round? I don't want to say they were, but they definitely – you know, we're inclined to lose that game. And I don't blame them because, you know, L.A., they are a seven seed. I don't see them as a true playing team, though, because it is the Lakers. But, I yeah, mean, I would... You have you have to lose on purpose if you're playing the Rockets and Thunder, the tanking team yeah. in the NBA. <laughs> and what I loved about that Thunder game is both teams needed to lose. The yeah. Thunder would have uh, got better draft odds with the lottery. And, uh, you know, must-win games are fun, but I think must-lose games are a little bit more exciting. But, yeah, I would definitely prefer... A matchup with the Mavericks over the Lakers any day of the week. And as a fan standpoint, I love the West matchups because right now you're looking at the Clippers-Mavericks rematch from last year's first round. Yep. Although this time you get Porzingis back in the mix because he missed, I think, the last four, two, three or four games in that yeah. series. And they still went the six games. So a lot to be played for there with the Mavericks and Clippers. Up for grabs, in my opinion. If Luka comes back the way he did the last season, it could go... Six games again, could go seven games, could end up being a Mavericks victory for them. Nuggets and Trailblazers also intriguing because the Trailblazers have been a little shaky this year. They've been they've shown signs of life. Um, however, they've they've turned it up as of late. They won, I think, 11 of their last 14 games, I want to say. Um, but I don't know if you all saw on Twitter, but a dude tweeted at Demi Lord a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> And said, Dame, how is your hamstring? I need you guys to win 42 games this year or I lose my house. Huge fan, even if I'm in the mansion or homeless. Dame quoted the tweet and said, say less. And the trouble just finished with 42 wins. Yeah. Exactly. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> who says the regular season doesn't matter? It mattered for that guy right there. I'll <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> and uh, af- after, uh, after the uh, regular season win Sunday night with the final 42 42- second win of the season, Lillard tweeted back at the guy and said, LOL, let me see the t- ticket, bro. So, don't know if the dude was just looking for clout or if he was being thrilled or not, but either way, Trevor's got 42 wins. The dude got to keep his house. Everyone's happy in the end. Yeah. Uh, and they will play the Nuggets in the first round. That's going to be interesting because, you know, they're without Jamal Murray, so they're like it's kind of like a lopsided on both ends. You got the Nuggets, who are a front-court heavy team, yeah. and the Blazers are a backcourt heavy team. I I wish Jamal Murray was healthy. Like, just seeing this matchup makes me just wish 10 times more that he was healthy. Yeah. Um, I really do think, though, because the Nuggets have been playing great basketball, this helps out Portland a lot, but I don't see it being like Portland's far and away, you know, got this wrapped up in the bag. I, I think... You know, they, they've struggled a lot this season, or really the past couple seasons. But uh, I think if Murray was in, it would be a better matchup in terms of star player-wise, but I don't think it would go more than five games. I think this kind of sets it up to be a good six, seven-game series, a lot more entertaining for everybody involved. Uh, you know, Lillard in the playoffs is just amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, and then with the play-in tournament, you know, the Trailblazers, if they lose that game on Sunday night, the Lakers jump to six seed. But, however... They beat the they beat the Nuggets or 
the first round matchup anyway. And the Lakers and the Warriors, you're looking at a play-in tournament in that favor. Uh, coming up in the next couple of days, we're going to have a lot of play-in games going on. The Grizzlies, the Spurs, the Lakers and Warriors, Celtics, Wizards, and Pacers and Hornets. Which one of these teams could give a one or two seed the most problems? And I think there's just one clear obvious answer I mean, the Lakers but yeah the the <laughs> you know far and away best answer is the Lakers uh the less I guess talked about team that'll give the odds to yeah I want to lean Boston but they're not healthy I really think I love the Wizards basketball the past couple weeks I mean Bill and Russ have just been outstanding I think they could give Brooklyn problems mm-hmm. I don't know that they would necessarily win that matchup outright but if if Brooklyn can squeak past Boston I'm excited to see I mean Washington can squeak past Boston. I'm excited to see that matchup. And it all depends, too, because if the Wizards beat the Celtics, they would play the Sixers. But if they lose the first matchup and they beat the second matchup, they get the Nets. Yeah. No, they, they get the Sixers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they, if they win, they get Brooklyn. If they lose and then win, they would get Philly. Yes. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, it's I don't kinda, like the play-in. You don't? I, I don't. Why? I, I think I like the, you know... Nine and ten, they get a shot. But I feel like the playoffs are every game matters. Yeah. Playing tournament, your very first game is your seven and eight. It doesn't matter. You can lose it and still win your next game and hop back in the playoffs, which I think is really, I don't know, it's just frustrating. Like the Lakers so, Warriors. You think it's unfair for the seven seed? I don't think it's unfair. I think it kind of unnecessary. It's unnecessary. It's kind of like a slap in the face to fans. Like gotcha. think about a playing tournament last year, the playing games. One game, it meant everything. I, I liked it last year. Yeah, and now we've got the Lakers and Warriors tonight. But either of those teams can lose and still be in the playoffs. Like it doesn't matter, which is weird. And I think, uh, I think the way they set it up was poor. Yeah, and I mean, it was set up to the point where you know we thought going into the season, kind of like we thought last year going into the bubble, like there'd be a lot more positive tests, a lot more injuries. Right. We're sure having yeah. a lot of injuries this season, but I don't think it's affected. Teams missing the playoffs, right? Because right. like I, I, I firmly believe the top eight seeds going into the play-in tournament and the, the bracket right now are the best eight teams in each conference. I think the Warriors and the Lakers are the seven eight seeds, yeah. and I think the Celtics and the Wizards are the seven eight seeds. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's just I think if you were going to do the play-in tournament, the way to be would be you're nine and ten in each conference play each other, and that winner gets a shot at the eight seed. Winner take the eight seed. I mean, I just feel like, you know, the fact that Boston's unhealthy, Boston can have a poor game against Washington tomorrow night, lose, beat Indiana or Charlotte, be right back in like nothing happened. You get yeah. moved down one slot. I would rather play Philly than Brooklyn at this point, I would especially too. with the playoffs lighting up. So, I mean, that may help Boston. But it just kind of de-incentivizes, like, fan interest. That's another thing I want to ask you, too. Do you think that... I mean, who who would you rather play? Would you rather play the Jazz or Suns? Would you rather play the Nets or Sixers? Do you think teams would might be like you think Boston or Washington might lose on purpose to avoid Philadelphia or Nets? Where like you think? Do you, do you? I think so. Here's my thing. I think the Lakers and Warriors. I think you know the Lakers match match up better with the Jazz, mm-hmm. and I think the Warriors match up better with the Suns. Right. Right. So, do you think that the the Lakers might fall on purpose. Where 
I can only see it. I mean, you see it with, you know, teams tanking for draft picks, which are important. I mean, I think the playoffs are a lot more important than that. So why not tank one game to have you more favorable, not only matchup in the first round, but a more favorable playoff run? I mean, you know, I'd rather take, if I'm Golden State, I'm going to lay it all out on the line and not try to get to seven. I'd rather play Phoenix than either an unhealthy Denver or a shaky Portland team versus lose and get Utah and then either, you know, a, a quietly really good Clippers team or the Mavericks. Yeah, it also depends on, on like, the second round, too, because, well, I guess if you're the Lakers, I want to say, I want to say, I think the Suns are the more favorable matchup for either team just because the Jazz are front court heavy. They got shooters, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Jordan Clarkson are just a three-headed monster yeah. backcourt that can easily give you – I mean, Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson can both score 20 points per night, and Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs is – I know he was averaging, I think, 38 points per game last year in the first round. Yeah. And then the Suns, you got Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden, Jay Crowder, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges. They're a pretty even team, but I feel like the only position they're like – Certain that is the guard position, right, right? Which I think that's where the Lakers would favor that because I think DeAndre Aiden, he's a he's a second year player. Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, and LeBron James is a lot just to like, compete with. It's not fair. It's, <laughs> you're asking a second year player to guard those three guys in the first round. Yeah. Uh, that's just a lot to ask out of a second year player in DeAndre Aiden. So I I, th- I think he's good enough. I think he's a great defensive player. He can handle it. It's just a lot to ask someone like that. And they really don't have a bench or a second guy to, you know, really keep up with them either. Yeah, I think depth will be a key for the Suns. But really, I mean, with the 7-8, I was talking about tanking, I feel like it doesn't matter in the West. Especially if we're assuming that the Lakers are going to win. Because, you know, the Lakers, yeah, they've struggled. But, you know, their two-star players missed a bunch of games. I think come tonight they're going to just turn it up. The Lakers don't have anything to worry about. I think that whole 7-8 tanking is more favorable in the East because I would rather play. Um, I'd rather lose, may, uh, beat the 9-10 winner, and play Philly versus the Brooklyn team who yeah. we really haven't seen what they're all about yet. Yeah, and I agree because I was honestly wanting, we're not wanting, but like at the same time, I was hoping that it would play out after the, the Heat lost to the Bucks. The Bucks had a chance to get the two seed on Sunday. Right. If the Nets were to, you know, tank or whatever, like rush your players and lose to the Cavs, the Bucks beat the Bulls, then the Heat would play the the Nets as a three six seed. Yeah. And you, if if anyone's gonna play the Nets, if anyone's gonna beat the Nets right now, it's in the first round. Like if if anyone's gonna beat them, it's probably Miami or Boston in the first round, yeah. or like even the Wizards because. The Nets have only played seven games this year with their big three. And chemistry is not really there. Mm-hmm. We saw Kyrie Irving the other day have an interview about, you know, basketball is not important right now. There's a lot of things going on in Brooklyn that could determine how far they go in the playoffs. And I'm not saying they're going to lose in the first round. I'm not saying they're not going to win the championship. I'm not really saying anything. I'm just saying I would rather play them right now. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, Philadelphia, I feel like they're very one-dimensional. Yeah, and if you shut down Joe Embiid, and you clog the paint with your defense, and you you just have guys in the wings. That, the I mean, if you play zone defense against them, you're in pretty good shape. We saw what Miami did to them uh, last Thursday. We saw what Toronto did to them in the playoffs a couple years ago. 
if you place all defense against Philadelphia, they really don't have anything to do with Ben Simmons because he's a driving kick guy. Or yeah. he's, he's not going to be able to shoot outside. So it all comes down to defending, I think, the, Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. Yeah. That's the two factors. You know, the Nets, yes, you got all these outside factors, but what if those don't play into the – what if they come out and play solid basketball? Then you're yeah. in trouble because you got James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and all these wing guys. You got Joe Harris, a 48% three-point shooter. <laughs> Just, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You can't stop it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on both those aspects, especially with Brooklyn. I mean, yeah. Kyrie had the, I'm not focused on basketball. He's still in the 50-40-90 club this year. So he's at least a little bit focused, let's be real. But I'm with you on the chemistry thing. Like, once Brooklyn gets that first series win under their belt, I think it's just going to be lights out, second, third round, uh, onto the finals. And Philly, you got to look at playoff history. You know, Philly isn't super successful in the playoffs. I'm, I'm taking that. I'm biting the bullet taking the one seed there versus the two seed. But, uh, you know, Brooklyn... Maybe he could lose 2-7, but I'm not expecting it. It depends. I mean, here's my thing. I think the Wizards match up best with them. I mean, Boston's a great team. I just think without Jalen Brown, they've kind of gone down the dumps a little bit mentally. Yeah. I think they've kind of given up on how well they can perform in the playoffs. Yeah. You, you kind of saw it after they, 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 lost, they went 0-2 with the Heat last early, early last week. And then the next day you get the news of John Brown being out for the season. Uh, you kind of just saw it with him, like, you know, resting players and, like, you know, not really being there. I mean, there's a lot of talk about, you know, this being Brad Stevens' last year in Boston. And just everything's kind of, like, falling apart for uh, the, the Southern right now. And I'm not really sure if that's going to play into this, the playoffs or if they're actually going to show up at the play-in tournament this week with the Wizards. Yeah. However that factors out, I, I see him as a first-round exit no matter what. And the Wizards, I don't really see them advancing either. Or the Hornets or the Pacers, whoever makes it. It's just the Nets and the Sixers are both great teams. I think, though, that those two teams could lose in the second round. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with Boston, it's got to be disheartening. I mean, you you make the conference finals last year. It's a good hard-fought hard series with the Heat. And now you're sitting at the seventh seed. Uh, one of your best players out for the year. It's just got to be really, okay, let's kind of wrap this up. Let's get out of here. I don't want to play Brooklyn or Philly because, you know, we know it's inevitable. Uh, Washington, like you said, uh, I do think they have the edge in the play. And they've been, their intensity levels have just been out of this world these past two weeks. Uh, Bill and Russ have just been tearing it up. Even when Bill was out those couple games, Russ still backpacked. Uh, it's just, it's weird to see, but I'm with you. I don't think any of, either of them or really any of the Eastern playing teams have a shot. It feels like, you know, I was telling you about this yesterday. It feels like the college football playoff. Yeah. You know, everybody argues over the four seed. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> the one, two, three, those those top teams are I mean, it's kinda, matter twice. Oh, uh, yeah. But <laughs> it feels like, you know, the, the one, two, three, the top teams that we're all really talking about, that's all that's going to matter at the end of the day. Fair. Fair point. And I, I do think that the East is kind of top-heavy this year. Um, yeah. Now, the 5 and 6 in the East, this really gets really interesting because in my mind, you got the Hawks and the Knicks. I feel like the Hawks have more depth and more scoring, and it's going to be tough to see the Hawks be 
I guess, tamed where the fire go out against the Knicks. I know the Knicks are a great defensive team, but I feel like it's just me so much for the Knicks, the Knicks to handle. And I really like the I like the Hawks in six games in the series. Do you? Yes, I think the Hawks still won the first two games on the road. I think they maybe go up three one or two two, and then win the like the last two games or whatever whatever happens. I I, I had them closing it out at home in Game Six. I could really see this one going either way. I mean, I could too. It, I just, but it's just. I mean, they the the Knicks are zero and th- uh, the Knicks are three zero against the Hawks. The Hawks not won a game against the Knicks this year. However, no. two of those games were with Ward Pierce, and I know the Hawks have dealt with a ton of injuries this year. I think John, uh, I think John Collins, Clint Capella, and Trey Young were all out that third game, which Trey Young got hurt. I think in the fourth quarter when it was, a, I think, a two point game or yeah. whatever. So this series is not going to be dictated on what happened in the regular season at all. I, I think what it boils down to is defensively, New York's got. The slide edge, the Hawks are an underratedly good defensive team, but I think the Knicks have a slide edge. But I think offensively, the Hawks just have a greater edge than the Knicks do defensively. I, I could see Atlanta pulling out in seven, but part of me just really wants to see the Knicks win a playoff series. I just feel like that'd be good for basketball. It would. Either team, really. It, but, it would be annoying on Twitter, but it'd be, it'd be good for basketball. It would be. <laughs> but see, like, as much as the Knicks frustrate me, like in their fan base does... When the Knicks are good, basketball is just more exciting. It is. It's it's good to see playoff basketball in the Garden. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. I just I, I'm you... just I'm just ready for them. I, I mean, Julius Randle is a star player, but he's not that superstar. That's just like yeah. it's, it's not mellow. Think think about it though. If New York announced, I think it was today actually. Yeah. That May 29th, everything full capacity open, no regulations. If the Knicks come back in the second round and we get a full capacity. Madison Square Garden. Can you imagine? It's been so long since... With, with like, Mike Breen calling the game. Yeah, and that playoff atmosphere. Oh, man. I need it. I need it. Man, that's... Oh, <laughs> I can't wait. So, you, we'll go ahead and make picks. You got Knicks or Hawks? I'm going to go with the Knicks. Knicks in seven or... Knicks in... Yeah, Knicks in seven. Gotcha. All right. And then you got the Sixers and Nets moving on. Nets, Uh, I think they... We'll struggle a little bit, but they'll find a way. They'll just—they got too much talent to lose in the first round. Yeah, the three-six seed in the East is a rematch from last year's playoffs. Me and you both Heat fans. This is a big one. Then, then Bucks and the Heat are playing the first round this year. No bubble. You know there is home court advantage. Butler missed all three games in the regular season, including that forty-seven point loss back in December. Yeah, <laughs> which was insane because you know the Bucks. Score beats by 47. They, they shoot a NBA record 29 three-pointers against Miami. And then the next game, Miami comes back and beats them by 11. Yeah, I remember I was at work during that first game. And every time I checked my phone, it just progressively got worse. <laughs> I, I didn't really know what was going on. Uh, Is my phone broken? Yeah, <laughs> like that. Some ASPN, something's got to be messed up there. But uh, I'm, I'm excited for this matchup. I am a little nervous. It's just... You know, we had the the Heat, as a Heat fan, we had the sweep under our belt. Coming into that Bucks series last year, I was like, oh, we're playing great basketball. We haven't been playing too hot, really, all season. We've been kind of inconsistent. So I'm kind of nervous. But if Jimmy can be fully healthy and just that, that Heat culture playoff intensity, if we can just flip that switch, I think it'll be, you know, a competitive six, seven-game series. Yeah, and it's – I saw a tweet the other day that said – 
Miami will go as far as Jimmy Butler takes them, and I Definitely. fully, I fully believe in that. It's just this is an entirely different Bucks team than last year. They got Drew Holiday this year. They have a chip on their shoulder. They're not favored this year, which is I think good for them because there's not much pressure exactly laying yeah. on them. And Mike Budenholzer and Giannis. Giannis has not had the MVP award this year. There's no stress or pressure on them whatsoever. And I feel like that's really going to factor in to the Bucks moving on in the second round. I'm gonna go Bucks in this series, six or seven games. I really yeah. think it depends on how the first two games go. If Miami steals one in Milwaukee the first two, then I can see it going six or seven games. But if they don't, then maybe Miami finds a way to get the six games. But other than that, I, I do have the Bucks win this series. I think it's a diff- different team this year. Uh, Miami has dealt with injuries all year long. I feel like the garbage will be tough to you know play defense against this Milwaukee team because they, they can spread out so easily and so well. They shoot the three ball well. They can score inside with Brooke Lopez and stretch the floor. You got Giannis this year. Which Jay Crowder and Derrick Jones Jr. were huge parts in Miami's defense last year in this Bucks series. Yeah, Jay Crowder I think averaged 15 points per game and I think seven rebounds per game in this series last year. That's gonna be a huge loss. Definitely. And I don't think Trevor Reese can fill that role. So I'm going Milwaukee. I'm just gonna go ahead and say uh, I'll go seven games. I think I don't think Miami loses almost on the road or at home. Uh, It'll be interesting though, because Miami has the long. If Miami wins a road game in this playoff series, they'll have the longest road winning streak in uh, playoff history. Really? I, didn't with, know I think that. I think they've won twenty three straight away games in a series or something like that. That's insane. Uh, uh, I'm with you. I think Milwaukee having no pressure is great for them. You know, many wise everybody's counting them out. Nobody's yeah. like, uh, does Giannis need to win? Da da da. They got the contract taken care of, so there's no Milwaukee needs to win to keep Giannis. He's done locked up. Although I do wish, if this was his contract year, can you imagine like all the storylines surrounding it? Which it is his contract year. He just resigned already. Yeah, I mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if he hadn't resigned like with which know. it went crazy because like yeah, I, I see what you're saying now because yeah, he was he there was a lot of talk about him going to Miami, so. Could you? Yeah. I'm yeah, like, and now you've got Kawhi rumors. You've got you know this big three in Brooklyn. Do, do Kawhi and Giannis want to start something to compete cool. with that? I mean, that would be huge too. Because like if if Miami were to beat Milwaukee in a series, you, all you'd hear is if is Giannis going to join the team to beat him? Yeah. Like Pull KD. Do, do we re up Vic? Does he stay healthy? Yeah. You know Vic. I mean that would be storyline would be great. But I'm with you. I think you know no distractions, nothing. I think Milwaukee handles it. Uh, probably Milwaukee in six is what I'm going to roll with. I know it'll be hard to put the heat out in Miami, but uh, that's, just, that's what it feels like this year. I hope that heat playoff magic kind of sparks up, but hopes are low. It's going to be fun to see because I, I, we have yet to see Jimmy Butler at home in the playoffs, like in a yeah. you know, in American Airlines. It's been Arena. isolated, yeah. Yeah. What, so. what sucks about it is just every time you know Miami gets on a three, four-game little streak, we're looking good. Feels like Jimmy's ankle goes out. Just something. Jimmy tweaked this. Uh, you know, Bam got shaken up here. Injuries have killed us this year. Yeah, it's been tough. But a lot of injuries have happened in the NBA. You know, the Nuggets and Blazers, the Lakers, mainly the Lakers, the Jazz with Donovan Mitchell. A lot of teams have suffered this year, but teams have been able to, I guess, hold their ground and stay yeah. in it. I think the most impressive team this year has to be the Hawks. The Hawks had so many injuries. Yeah. I mean. Bogey was out, I think, two months. Who was it? Uh, DeAndre Hunter was out, I think, four months. Yeah. Almost the entire year. 
Yeah, Clint Capella out for a little bit. Trey Young was out. All that on top of your coach getting fired midseason, yeah. and now you're sitting at the five seed. Could insane. have easily been the four. I mean, insane. Yeah. Like I, I don't even want to pull the injury excuse as a Heat fan, just because the Hawks had more injuries than us. Yeah, and, and they still, lost their coach. Yeah. yeah, and then you know there was that game where Miami went into Atlanta and lost to the Hawks without their three starters, and Miami had no one out. We we've done that. <laughs> They did that so much shit. When I when the Knicks won, even though Boston's like G League team almost beat them. Yeah. When the Knicks won and it was like official, I looked back at that game and they lost at Detroit. Those two games And Timberwolves. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those those games right there could have completely flipped the play, the yeah. playoff field. But and it's kind of the same for the Celtics too. The Celtics and the Heat, you know, not really there's the bubble excuse from last year by having a short off season, but you just got to tip your hats off to teams like Atlanta, who just stuck their ground, kept playing. with It was next man up mentality for them. Yeah. And they stuck to that, and they just they got one more win. <laughs> so it was enough. But the Lakers, 42-30 and 30 on the season, the seventh seed going into the play-in tournament. Do you see them having a chance to move on to the second round? Like, do, you, do you think the Lakers can beat the Suns with the Jazz? Yeah, 100%. Do you think they will? Yeah. One hundred percent. You think it will? I do. I, I I think it's that same old story. Um, you know, LeBron, the zero dark thirty, just playoff mentality. He's just gonna flip the switch. It's just gonna be the same old, same old. I think he's gonna <laughs> make a run. I think I think he knows too. Like he knows. Did you hear? He had a report come out. I think yesterday. He uh he was like Steph's MVP. Uh he's my MVP. He should be da da da. Which just not a dig on Steph. I think he should be. But when you say that a week after saying you don't know if you're going to be 100%, when you beat the Warriors, you look amazing. If you say you're not 100%, call this guy the MVP. Oh, he's going to eat that on purpose. Yeah, and then, yeah <laughs> exactly. And then he's going to go beat the Warriors tonight in the playing tournament and just, oh, yeah, LeBron's still that dude. He's still going to take care of business. They're going to play Phoenix. Uh, I think that'll be a you know six-game series. I, th- I think the Lakers, I think we'll see them in the semis. Man, how how much would that suck to be a Suns player? You work all year long. You missed the, you missed the playoffs last year by one game, going eight in the bubble. Yeah. This year, you get the two seed, and you, you play the, the Lakers. You play the reigning world champions <laughs> who've had injuries all year long. If if I'm a Suns fan, uh, a Suns player, Suns front office, anything, I'm the biggest Warriors fan right now. I'm just yeah. yeah. I mean, and, I mean, the Jazz are the biggest Lakers fan right now. <laughs> definitely <laughs> until the next game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, that that's the good thing about the play-in, but it's one of the few good things. It is weird though. I feel like the NBA kind of bit off more than they could chew because you know they're playing tournament, playing tournament all year long, and then it's oh wait, the Lakers, the Warriors, and the Celtics are all in it. Wait a minute, I don't know if this is what we wanted. Do you think if the Lakers if the Lakers were hypothetically lose to the Warriors in the play in, and you know beat the Grizzlies or Spurs and get the eight seed, do you think they beat the Jazz too? I do. Wow. Uh, it depends on we're, we're assuming they lose the play in tournament, right? Yeah. It depends on how they lose that game. If the Warriors just you know not fully healthy, they just go get dominated. If they dominate the Lakers, then I'll be like, okay, let's pump the brakes. But if it's like a close. You know, Golden State just kind of squeaks out at the end. I'm, it's just, I'm, I'm just so excited, man. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. This is going to be the best, like, whatever happens with the Warriors, the Lakers. I mean, just the Jazz. You have the two new up-and-coming young teams, the Jazz and Suns, mm-hmm. against the powerhouse 
players like LeBron and Steph yeah. Curry the last that have owned the last decade of the NBA right. as a seven eight seeds. I mean, oh my gosh. I think one key right here. Uh, it's not the Jazz. It's not the Suns. It's not the Warriors. It's not the Grizzlies. It's not the Spurs. I think the key to the Lakers making a run is the Clippers sitting at the four seed. If the Lakers come off a championship, they've got this dream team, just unreal standards yeah. set for this season. And then the Clippers are sitting in the semis, just quietly one of the best teams. And the Lakers are out in the first round. There's going to be problems. The Lakers don't want that to happen. I think they're going to just try their hardest. And I think they're going to end up in the semis. Hopefully playing the Clippers, but probably the Nuggets. Here's another thing, though. If the the Lakers get the seventh seed yeah. and they beat the Suns, they're going to the finals. Yeah. Definitely the conference finals. Yes. Definitely conference finals, because at that point you're playing either the <laughs> Nuggets or the Trailblazers in the second round. Yeah, and that's just the Lakers are going to beat either one of those teams. I mean, the Lakers front court would just demolish Portland, and the the Nuggets' lack of a deep backcourt yeah couldn't keep up with the Lakers. I think the best chance to stop them relies on the Warriors tonight. You get the Jazz and. Most likely the Clippers, but I'm with you. Yeah, if if they get to seven, then it's they're in the conference finals for sure. What about the Warriors? Do you think the Warriors have a chance to? I want to say they do. Anything? I want to say they do just because they've been playing so good. But I feel like that clay injury is still gonna bite them. Yeah, I I wish he was healthy. Do you, Do you think that the Warriors are a top four seed with Clay? Definitely. You think yeah, so? I think they are. I think that probably. It probably shifts the dynamic of the Lakers, too. I think, you know, LeBron and AD would come back quicker in that scenario, but the Mavericks definitely dropped down to probably the five or, six, or to the six, and I think Golden State would be sitting at the four. Gotcha. No lower than the five. I agree. It, it's it's going to scare that next year if he comes back anywhere close to where he was because that's just another weapon to be shooting with uh, for step to pass to. Um but yeah, I think I think the Warriors and the Lakers both was in the, was in the first round. I'm going. I, I think the Suns, the perimeter shooting, and just DeAndre. Ayton, I think DeAndre Aiden and Jay Crowder are enough to keep up with LeBron. Yeah. Deion, uh and AD or uh, Drummond because Drummond's not going to be a threat scoring wise. It's just a rebounder on the court. Jay Crowder played against LeBron on the Celtics. Played against LeBron on the Heat last year in the <laughs> finals. I mean he. He has experience guarding LeBron. Like he knows, I don't say he knows how to stop him, but he knows how to like defend at least. Yeah. DeAndre, he's gonna do a great job defending AD. I think. Uh, not saying he's gonna shut. He wasn't shut them down, but like they're gonna do enough to limit them. And I think just the backcourt and the wings for the Suns are just gonna dominate the Lakers. I think you get, you know you got you got Dennis Schroeder. But other than that, you have Wesley Matthews, Alex Caruso, Caldwell Pope. I mean, just kind of guys who are just iffy all the time. Or, like, they'll make their shots every once in yeah. a while. But Mikael Bridges, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Javon Carter. And how about uh, campaign? Cameron Payne's been playing out of his yeah. mind yeah. off the bench for them. They have a lot of depth at the guard position. And I think the Suns get it done. I want to say they get it done early rather than later because you're not going to win a game seven. No. Against the Lakers, yeah. so I want to say if the Suns gonna gonna do it, it's gonna be five games it or has six. To be. Six six would be tough having to close them out in LA. Yeah, I I gotta say five. That that's a 
Tall task. <laughs> they got to come out striking. I'll say that. They got to come out striking. They got, they got to win the first two at home, and they got to get one in L.A., and then they got to close it out at home in five. Okay. So you mentioned the Suns bench. Who do you give the edge to in depth? Do you give it to the Suns, like, you know, youth and skillfulness, or do you give it to the experience of the Lakers? Who do you give the bench edge to? Definitely the Suns. Really? The Suns bench has just been wide out this year from a shooting, shooting standpoint. Fill the roles of the starters and providing points, defense, uh, runs. Javon Carter and Cameron Payne have been great off the bench for them. Scoring-wise, Scars, Torrey Craig has been great defensively. My boy, Torrey Craig. I love that man. Just because his last name is your first name. Let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly it. And I think Sarich is a great stretch four. For five, that's where they will, you know, have some problems with the Lakers is the the, the defense in the front court uh, off the yeah. bench. Yeah, because you've got Montrez Harrell, Marquise Morris, and Marcus Hall. I mean, yes, but at the same time, like, yes, the Lakers are loaded <laughs> depth wise in the front court, but they're they're not in the back court. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like the Nuggets in the uh, the, the Trailblazers series. You're gonna have the Trailblazers with a lot more guards, yeah, and the Nuggets with a lot more front court. It's a good balance. I, I don't know. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I just think, you know, eventually it comes down to who has LeBron and Anthony Davis. Who has two of the top six players in the league? I mean, I don't know, man. Because I would love for the Suns to I'm win. Not, I'm not trying to like base off regular season games, but like just watching the rest in the regular season. They did struggle against the Pacers and the Pelicans close the season out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and those teams were tanking, and they were, weren't—they aren't really healthy. Right. So, I—I just—they the Lakers. I think it's just, I think the Lakers, the Heat, Celtics, and Nuggets have just gone through injuries and just bubble fatigue this year. Yeah, I would love to be wrong. Like I'd love for the Suns to win. I think that'd be great. Uh, they'd make a lot more entertaining semi round, but I don't know. It's just hard to bet against LeBron. It is, but he's got to lose at some point. You would think. <laughs> I would think. I would like. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't lost. In yeah. the, he hasn't lost in the playoffs since was it 2010? Like he hasn't. You mean like outside out the finals? Yeah, yeah. The only the only year he didn't make the finals, he didn't make the playoffs at all. Yeah. I, so. That's 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 a crazy stat. It's been 11 years. It's like James Jones levels. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's he's on the Suns now. He's he's the owner, like not the owner. He's the GM for the Suns. So something's got to give. Yeah, something's got to give. And you know, if we're if we're talking about streaks, Andre Iguodala has made what six straight finals. Hey, I'm here for a seventh. I am too. <laughs> but we'll go ahead and jump to picks. Who is your finals preview right now? Mm, I don't want to be that guy, but do not say Lakers and Nets. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, my God. I know. I like, I, I'm sick of hearing it. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is just done in, done over. Basic. Basic. Everybody's saying it. But I feel like that's what it's going to be. But if I had to give a pick that is not, you know, run of the mill, I, I truly believe the Clippers are are a great team. So I'm going to I'm gonna keep it L.A., but I'm going to go Clippers, mm, Milwaukee. Clippers Bucks. I like that. Okay. I'm going Jazz Bucks. Jazz Ooh, that'd be that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd I think really I fun. think the I think the Jazz and the Bucks are the two best teams in each conference right now. 
going in the playoffs. I think the Jazz just the way they've been able to win games and maintain the after Donovan Mitchell hurt his ankle, I'm like they're gonna fall. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna drop to like the two or three seed. They were able to maintain the one seed with the help of Jordan Clarkson and I would even say Mike Conley because Mike Conley missed some games too. Yeah. So it was really just Jordan Clarkson that run the point, and you have Joe Ingles at shooting guard. You know you have Bogdanovich, where he's been incredible this year, and just they've been a solid all around basketball team. They got weapons at every position. They got depth. Rudy Gobert's uh in the rank for defensive player of the year. Donovan Mitchell's up for almost MVP, but I mean he's he's in the conversation. He's, he's been in the conversation all year long. He's been great uh in his fourth year, and Jordan Clarkson, the sixth man of the year off the bench. Mike Conley, the veteran point guard. They got it all. I feel like this is you know the year they make the run finally. They were so close last year with you know being at three one against the Nuggets in the bubble, but the Bucks too. Like I was talking earlier in the like in this episode that they have no pressure this year. You know, yeah. Giannis has not won MVP this year. Mike Budenholzer, they're not the number one seed. They don't have the coach of the year anymore. Uh, well, I guess they still have, still have him, but he's not the didn't win the award. And you know, there's they have a chip on their shoulder going into this Heat series with what happened last year in the bubble. I think they get it done against Miami. Uh, that motivates them and drives them in the next round. They they beat the Nets. I think what was it two zero like last month yeah. or like at the beginning of this month. They were pretty good in that series. I mean, I was without James Harden, but at the same time, I do think Milwaukee has the defense and the offensive explosion like firepower to handle the Nets in a six seven game series. So I'm going Bucks over them, and then Philadelphia Hawks. I, I think. In my opinion, from like just watching it, I'm going to say that the Nets-Bucks semifinal round... Is the conference finals. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I think the 76ers, as good as they've been as the number one seed, I honestly believe they're the third best team in the East. Yeah. I, I think it, it's got to be... It's kind of sad, too, if you're a Philly fan. You've got a cakewalk in the conference finals. Yeah. I mean, likely, probably Washington, if everything plays out how we think it will. Likely Washington. Then... New York or Atlanta, which is, you know, it'll be a so-so, probably handle them in five or six, but, you know, Brooklyn or Milwaukee, looking forward to that at the end of the road, and just with, they, they don't have a true scorer. Yeah. That's going to kill. Yeah, so I, I got I got Bucks and Jazz. I think it'd be a good series, and I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the Jazz winning it all. Jazz winning it all? Yeah, right now. I'll give it, I'll give it to the Bucks and the Bucks Clippers. Um, Probably... Bucks and seven. I think that'd be a really fun series for everybody because, like, I've, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times in this episode. Nobody's talking about the Clippers. And you don't want the Bucks either. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for it. But if it is, let's say it's what everybody assumes it's going to be. Nets, Lakers, are you taking? Hmm. I think I'm going to go with the Nets. I am too. Just because if they got that far... They're clicking. Yeah, they're clicking, and they have the offensive power, firepower to honestly blow out the Lakers. Definitely. Oh, I would probably far. go Nets in five games. The yeah, the Lakers would not be able to score with them at all. And I, I really re- don't think that the front court would be an issue. I mean, you have DeAndre Jordan, uh, you know, you get Claxton, Blake Griffin. They wouldn't be able to stop the Lakers front court, but it would really wouldn't matter at that point because you got. All their firepower on the outside wings scoring so heavily at that point. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, if the Nets are going to lose, it's going to be earlier in the playoffs than later. If the if the Nets get to the conference finals, they're going to the finals. Yeah. If they get in a groove, if they can, 
sweep the first round and handle Milwaukee or Miami in like five or five or six, it's it's probably theirs for yeah, the taking for sure. And then NBA awards closing out the episode. Who is your MVP and why? Uh, I'm gonna give it to. I want to give it to Embiid, but I'm gonna give it to the Joker, Nikola Jokic, solely for the fact that what he did for that uh, Nuggets team after the Jamal Murray injury, like paired with what he did in the first half of the season, like his numbers were lights out. It was him and Joel just back and forth. Everybody expected the Nuggets to just collapse after the Jamal Murray injury. He backpacked that team, carried them to the three seed. Uh, you know they were in the running for a two seed late. Um, I do think, even though it's a regular season award, it'll depend on how they play in the playoffs. But I think it's I think it's Joker. I'm actually gonna go with the Warriors. Oh, and Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry has been the MVP this year just because, you know, he got hurt. I think a little bit last month with the tailbone issue, mm-hmm. and you know they had a losing record. He comes back, he gets them not only into the playoffs, but like they're 39 and 33 right now, mm-hmm. and. They have won, I think, 16 of their last 20 games, I want to say. Something or 22 like games. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been insane. And, you know, he's had, he's had his uh, best scoring season of his career, 32 points per game, uh, five, well, well over five points per game, oh, five six per game, well over five rebounds per game. He only just carried that team, led them. They were the worst team in the NBA last year without yep. him. They had the worst record. They had 15 wins last season. And now they're back in the playoffs with him, without Clay Thompson, without KD, without everyone they had, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, totally different Warriors team, and I just I think he's the MVP. He's been, you know, the most valuable player to any team could have been this year, just because when he comes back in the game, it's an entirely different Warriors team. Yeah. And when he exits the game, it just all falls apart. It looks like if you, I don't know if you, I've watched a ton of Warriors games. They've, just, they've been in prime time a lot this year. The late night games. And every time Steph would sit on the bench, they'd probably have about like eight or seven points or whatever. The opposing team would tie the game or take the lead. Steph would come back in the game and just hit clutch shot after clutch shot to close the game out. And his epic stretch in the month of April was incredible with all those three-pointers he made. I mean, he had the most three-pointers in in a, a single month in the NBA in history. And he has the best true plus minus for any player in the NBA this year. And I really don't think it's a bait. I really don't. I think I think Jokic has been the you know the hype all year long. Yeah. But Curry the last month two months has pushed us up to the top, in my opinion. See, I want to agree with you. Like I want it to be Steph. It's obviously you know Steph has been probably the best player. Like he really had. It should be him. But I know we've said it before on the podcast. It's. Partly a media award, and it's NBA League MVP, not NBA Team MVP. I will say, though, I think there's a lot of hype around Steph right now. Yeah, there definitely is. There's a lot of talk. And I think that might persuade him to, like, jump the stings the last second in the MVP race. Because yesterday ESPN posted a thing on Instagram. They said, who is your MVP? And I commented Steph. I was, like, one of the first people to comment. They got, like... 14,000 likes. Really? Yeah. And then, like, every comment below me said Curry, Steph Curry, Curry demand, can't stop Curry, blah, 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 Curry, 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 Curry. And anyway, there was only, like, two people who had Jokic. But, like, all the Steph comments had, like, tens of thousands of, like, you know, comments. 
So, I, I think the fan standpoint, I think the fans want Curry to win it. I think the, the fans I think, think I think I think the fans think Curry is the best. But like you said, it's gonna come down to the media. It's gonna come down to like you know, it's always been the best player mm-hmm. on the best team or like you know who who's like a top player in the league. And I think it's just I guess fatigue of Curry winning it or Giannis yeah, winning it definitely. or James Harden winning it, LeBron, which LeBron's not really been in the NBA long enough. Well, I don't say long. <laughs> <laughs> He's only been playing in this season long enough. Like, he hasn't played enough games this year to win the MVP. My gosh, I did not mean it like that. I, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I, I do want it to be Steph. I think uh, if I had to rank them, I would go Jokic, just because I'm true to that, Steph, Embiid. Uh, if you look at Jokic's stats this year, He's averaging just under 27, uh, 10.8 rebounds, and I think 8 assists. Giannis' MVP year, 28 points, uh, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists. So, you know, the numbers are there. Um, I, I think I think the media kind of gives this award out midseason, and if the players can kind of stay the course, it holds true. Yeah, because I, so I think I it's seen... the Joker, yeah. Well, what's made me mad is, you know, if you look at the MVP race, like, standings on, like, ESPN or, like, Kia, MVP.com, or NBA.com, yeah. uh, they haven't really changed. No. Because Steph has, like, stayed, like, at seven mm-hmm. the entire season. No. And then Luka's been ahead of them all. I'm like, that is just blasphemous. No. I mean, and Jokic and Joe B, like, you know, Joe B got hurt. He was number one for a while. And then he got hurt, and he threw the two, and he hasn't really gone back up. Mm-hmm. I'm um, like injuries really shouldn't impact it. Like if you're injured for like eight games or ten games, like cool. Jokic didn't get hurt, played 72 games, whatever. Like the fact that people are using that as like an excuse for like or not an excuse, but like a reason for him to win the award, that's kind of like sad. Because oh, yeah. it, it shouldn't come down to how many games you played. It should come down. To, honestly, if you know you miss games and your team does bad, that's even more of a reason why you should win it. I agree. Which yeah. is why that's a reason for Steph Curry. Yeah, it's it's most valuable, but we kind of or not we the media undermines the word valuable. It's yeah. it's kind of who they think should win it. Um, I'm fine with any of those three players I listed winning it. You give me, you know, a player I can give you a reason for them winning it. Embiid got Philly the one seed. Steph kept the Warriors alive. Jokic, you know, kept that boat afloat when Murray was out. They're all worthy of it. I think the MVP kind of voting format structure of it needs to be redone. I don't think it ever will be. And I think uh, I think the Joker holds true. Okay. Well, NBA playoffs are here. Cannot wait for it. Play in tournament this week. First round starts this weekend, next week. A lot to watch. Games every single night. Going to be great first round, great playoff action. We'll be back for another episode soon. I have one Second last round. thing. What's up? My favorite stat of the year. Uh-huh. Her 36 minutes this season, top five players in the NBA, five Giannis, four Bradley Bill. I know it. Three Joel Embiid. Yes, sir. Two Steph Curry. Say it. Who's number one? Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam, yes, man. Sir. Could not have gone out any, any better way. Oldest player in the last 20 years to get ejected. That's a stat that you want to have. Yeah, bro. I think you want that record. What was it? What was it? Four points, two rebounds, and two, three minutes? Yeah. And Incredible. two techs, one fight. Incredible. That's heat culture right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, man, it's been the Up to Mill Podcast. Follow us on all social media platforms. Subscribe to us. See you next time. Beep, beep.